Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to the Christmas Eve edition of Paul's Podcast Diary. This diary accompanies episode number 43 of the podcast that is first broadcast on Saturday the 24th of December 2016. And first of all, before I go into the writing news, let me wish you a very happy Christmas Eve and I hope you're about to have a fantastic Christmas if you're listening to this on Saturday the 24th of December. So lots of writing news for you today. And actually, the main bit of news is related to writing and that it's going to enable me to do more writing, but it isn't specifically about writing. If you listen to the November diary update, you'll have heard me saying that I got full-time work and that I wasn't really sure how the writing would go in 2017. I was a a little bit nervous about it. Well, (laughs) let me tell you, uh, November has been filled with lots of uh, toing and froing, and I'm absolutely ecstatic to announce that I am now from January going to be employed on a part-time basis on what is effectively a full-time salary. So um, basically I'd I'd taken this this full-time job and I was thinking you know when am I going to get any writing done with this? This is going to just take up all my my life and before I went to Spain at the beginning of December I I just dropped an email just speculatively to the person that I've been doing the contract work with and said you know actually what I really want is Uh, three-day-a-week work. That's really what I want. I don't want to work full-time. And I just sent that off, went to Spain. And then at the end of the Spain trip, I got an email back saying, we're really interested in that. Um, Mainly because because I've done however many weeks contract work it is. Um, That was three days a week. And basically, I've shown them how much work I get done in in three days a week. I don't need five days a week. You know, I, I, I work fast. I don't hang around. I get the work done. And, um, you know, I could be very, very productive in three days a week. And I have been very productive in three days a week. So um, I got that agreement to work for three days a week. So I, I went back to the person that I was supposed to be working for for five days a week in the new year and and, and withdrew from that. And then, surprise, surprise, they then said, you could work for three days a week and we'll match salaries and everything. They actually improved the salary. And... Um, so I then had this dilemma of having sort of two job offers on the table for exactly what I wanted, which is to work three days a week. Um, and actually, in, in the end, I, I, I stayed with the person that I have been working with, um, because what that allows me to do, if you remember, if you follow this saga with you know any any degree of, of, of interest, you'll know that I also have a couple of um, tenders uh, that I've won. And those tenders, this, this three-day-a-week working allows me to sort of fill in the gaps in my schedule by doing uh, corporate training days and working with with clients um, through this tender arrangement. So uh, at the moment, well, I I have signed the contract now and this is what's going to happen. I will be working on a salary three days a week from January the 3rd and then uh, that's going to give me enough time to write. So I'll talk about the writing in a moment or two, but that, thank goodness, this is why I'm so pleased about it. I can keep my writing pattern that I established last year. If you listen to these diaries, you know that I managed to get three thrillers written last year. I'm going to be able to keep that level of writing and that pattern up, which I'm really just so pleased about. I can't tell you how pleased I am about that. Um, and if I have any gap days, um, I'm going to fill those in with 
with tender work because the tenders stay in operation because I've decided to stay with the same employer. Um, so it's a pretty good, I'm really happy with it as a package. Uh, you know, particulars, I need to continue with the, the writing work. I want to continue with that work. So it takes all the financial pressure off me to keep bringing in an income and, and takes care of all of that stuff. Um, you know, it allows me to do other things as well. But the bottom line is I can continue to write. So um, it really has been a great outcome. But my goodness, it's taken a lot of toing and froing, you know, getting to that point where I'm absolutely happy with, with what we've got. So, you know, in short, I feel it allows me to have my cake and eat it. And, and what I should say is, you know, I've been enjoying the contract work that I've been doing tremendously. It's all, um, I mean, I'm going to be a digital development manager, which means, you know, I'm I'm doing what I do by day anyway, uh, making websites, you know, doing geeky stuff, social media, you know, all the, all the lovely kind of online digital stuff that I like to do. We've got some lovely projects coming up as well. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing great um, salaried work as well. So it just really couldn't be uh, better in terms of giving us that security while I got kids going off to university and you know various domestic changes around that um, happening over the next year, but also allowing me to continue to write and to build my uh, my own business. So it does allow me to have my cake and eat it, which I'm, I'm just very happy with. Now, what this means from a writing point of view is that I can continue to write. I can write at the same pace that I have been doing over the past year. That makes me very, very happy. I, this podcast can continue. I was really worried about the time this was going to take. And, you know, after doing a foot, if I was going to be doing a full time job, how much energy I would have to do this. Um, and it allows us to hit all the other goals that we've got elsewhere in life, too. So. At the moment, um, I've got four books penciled in for next year. So what, I, what I'm what i hoping to be able to do is to keep up a writing habit of one uh, book per quarter of the year, one book per quarter. Now, um, I was interviewing uh, a gentleman called Adam Nichols for the podcast. That podcast episode is going to run on the 9th of January in 2017. And, and as always happens, you know, you, you'll have heard it if you listen to these diaries. I'm constantly talking to different people who are doing things in different ways. And they all make me, you know, think and review my own strategy. And I may, rather than writing a full-length novel per quarter, I may, and I'm just, I'm only considering this at the moment, I may make that sort of two 50,000-word novels per quarter. So effectively a 50,000-word novel per six weeks. So just just thinking that through at the moment, you know whether I should write shorter books and release faster. But uh, basically, um, I'm going to write, uh, or I hope to write, you know, over the next year. Uh, I'm looking at something like ninety thousand per quarter times four. So I'm looking to write three hundred and sixty thousand words over two thousand and seventeen. Now I always have to put provisos in this. You know, if life changes, if you know, so, you know, something throws a spanner in the works or whatever, you know, that's just an aspiration at the moment. But certainly within this wonderful new working arrangement I've got, I'm going to be able to to do that very easily. So so basically, I have my kind of three days in the office, which at the moment are going to be Monday to Wednesday. Then Thursdays and Fridays um, are free. Um, I then have penciled in my writing days to make sure I can get 90,000 words done over that quarter. That doesn't mean I have to write every day. 
um, you know, on, on all the two days I have spare every week. Uh, sometimes my wife works uh, on a Saturday, so I always write on that day because the kids don't sort of show their faces till midday. So I see my wife out to work and I'll sit down and write um, because there's no one, no one around in the house at that time. So um, that leaves some free days. And on those free days, obviously, those are free for editing and doing other tasks. But also I can book in corporate training and I can book in clients through my tenders. So it really does allow me to pack my time. I've been looking at my schedule um, and I'll share this in, in next week's podcast diary. Um, you know, my kind of plans and goals for the next year. But um, what it's allowed me to do and, you know, I haven't had this for the last six years since I left the BBC. I'm, I'm actually looking now at weekends which or many weekends in the month which might potentially be free you know that might not be scheduled that's quite an exciting prospect after six years of sort of working seven days a week um you know before because I was completely freelance um if you've ever done this you'll know that you just kind of just keep working you just keep working um to keep the money coming in and that's sort of what I've done for the last six years uh but now you know I've, I've got this wonderful position where I got a salary that I work three days a week for which you know, covers covers everything that it needs to cover. Um, that's just a sort of wonderful feeling that I'm not going to have to work every hour God sends constantly. Um, you know, to to keep the roof over our heads, um, or you know, even even in the flush times, you keep doing it just in case you have times that aren't quite so rich or quite so good. So it's just the way it is if you've ever done that kind of work. So I, I, I'm I'm really really happy about that. You know, the thought of returning to work three days a week in January the 3rd. It's work that I enjoy thoroughly, enjoy and value. So I'm very happy about that, but it's going to enable me to do all these other things too. You know, the podcast can continue. The podcast diaries are going to continue at the rate of one a week in the new year. So you're going to get another one next week, which will be my uh, preview of the next year, my plans and goals for the next year. Uh, This is going to be a review uh, of 2016, this particular podcast and a catch up. And then you'll be getting the weekly updates about my writing, what I'm doing, you know, all, all the bits and pieces. And, and from feedback, people seem to really, um, you know, enjoy those and get some value for those. So they will be continuing from January on a weekly uh, basis. And I'm happy about that because, uh, you know, every time Friday night came, I was thinking, mm, I'd like to be doing that podcast diary. Um, it's part of my routine now. So uh, it's looking good. I'm very, very happy to announce that news. Since I did the last podcast diary uh, episode, I haven't done any writing uh, since the last diary at the end of November, I have begun to think about my next thriller, which I'm going to start immediately after the New Year holiday. So if I look at my schedule, it's going to be um, the first days writing this year are going to be the 5th and 6th of January. Um, so you know, I need to hit my 5,000 words a day target on both those days. So I've got lots of ideas swimming around at the moment. Over Christmas, I'm going to be tying that down, planning, you know, doing all the plotting and the the pivot points of the story, and we'll flesh that out, and then off we go in January. And as I say, I'm hoping it's going to be four times ninety thousand word novels, or it'll be what will it be eight times fifty thousand word novels. I'll, I'll make that decision a little bit later, or it might be a combination of the two. My final uh, thriller is with Helen Vazar, who is editing it at the moment. Helen's not going to get that back to me until New Year. She said she'd go through it. Um, up to Christmas and then you know have a Christmas break and come back to it fresh in the new year so that's due due back new year 
um, got her feedback from it. She liked it. She said, you know, you managed, this is the end of a trilogy, of course, and I managed to surprise her, which is always good at the end of the third book in a trilogy that, you know, you still got some surprises up your sleeve. Uh, and, and she um, she enjoyed it. Um, there's also a storyline in there which she felt that I'd handled well, which I'm pleased about because, you know, again, it could have been handled badly. So um, that, that's looking good. Um, what I am thinking of doing is just putting those books up on um, pre-release uh, because they're going to go at the moment. They're sort of sh- they're penciled in for March 23rd. I, I, I may just put them live. I may just get on with it and put them live and just start selling the things. Um, you know, I've been talking. I've been doing a, a run. I did four podcast interviews this week, and um, another experience which I'll talk to you about earlier. Sorry, in a, in a moment or two. But my feeling is, you know, just write the blast of things and get them out there. Get them out there. You know, make sure they're as good as they can be, ready to ship, publish them, uh, and and publish fast. And I just, talk, you know, talking to four indie authors this week, everybody, everything, everybody I ever talk to, it just makes me think, just get more books out there, make them as good as you can, and get them out there. That's the way to do it. Now, what's coloured this is that you may remember me talking about a course that I joined. And I paid quite a lot of money for this course. I think it was £1,800. And... Um, I've withdrawn from that course. This is something else that's happened. I just uh, started the course, really wasn't working for me at all, and uh, and I withdrew from the course. I wasn't enjoying it um, at all, uh, and I withdrew from it. Now, uh, there were supposed to be no refunds on this course, um, which is actually quite exceptional for something that's online, uh, and uh, I did manage to secure a proportional refund uh, for it because there was a lot of money uh, involved. I beg your pun, it was £1,600, not £1,800. Um, so um, the course was really, what really shocked me about it is, it, you know, it was full of people who want to get traditionally published. And, um, you know, to me, it felt, this is just my experience of it. So remember, you're only hearing one side of the story here. Um, it just felt like, you know, like a writer's group, like your nightmare writer's group, where everybody's commenting on each other's work, that we're all no kind of further forward. And, and you're so paralysed by everybody saying, well, you know, I think somebody should do this and I think somebody should do that. You think, well, you know, I'm no further forward, really. Uh, what I want is, you know, feedback on craft, you know, generic stuff. But I don't want to hear about the book that you would have written if you'd have written the book because that doesn't get me any further forwards. So, um, you know, I, I did this for a few weeks, thought just get through the teething pains and that's just, it's not working for me. I'm not doing this over four months. This is not a good use of my time. So I got in touch with them. It was as uncomfortable as these things always are. Managed to get, you know, a partial refund, not a full refund. And and I won't be doing that again. So it, it's made me realise some things. So, you know, you don't waste any, you don't waste any experiences in life. Uh, it's made me realise that I am an indie through and through. So I want to be a self-publisher. I, I was kind of, you know, this thought that I might get traditionally published all along um, at the back of my mind. But it's just made me realise I really am an indie publisher. And doing these four interviews again this week with indie publishers, you know, that that's where I am. That's where my heart is in indie publishing. And I do it I do it by choice. It's just, it's just what I want to do. Um, you know, I want to choose the covers. I want to be in control. I, I don't want gatekeepers. Now, that is not to say that... You know, what I'd be really interested in, I'd love to get a Thomas and Mercer from um, Amazon, something like that. And there are a very short list of, they're not really traditional publishers, they're actually kind of, they're like new traditional publishers. 
there are some new people on the block who are doing things in a much more interesting way. People like Bookerchur, really, 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 really interested in Bookerchur, and, and some other people who I've you know I've saved all their details on my pinboard for, who I would I would be interested in, in looking at. But I'm not going for that uh, you know traditional deal because I'm sorry. My my view is if you know if you have a Fifty Shades and people love this book, they'll come knocking on your door. You know if you get that book that's that's good enough, they'll come to you. People aren't going to watch a soar away success take off and not come knocking on your door. So my view is that, you know, I'm going to keep working on my craft, writing, trying to improve my books, trying to get better. I'm going to self-publish them. And, you know, my readers could be the judge of whether my books are good or not. Because actually, frankly, that's all whoever counts is whether people want to read it and what the readers think of it. You know, that's what makes a soaraway success. Not an agent or a publisher, but a great writer who comes up with a brilliant story that captures people's imaginations. And it doesn't even have to be well written. Uh, it just has to be a great story that captures people's imaginations. So I'm going to keep working on trying to produce that. I'm going to immerse myself, as always, in listening to craft and trying to get better, you know, in trying to make those as good as I can in getting better as a writer. But, um, you know, I'm not going to go through the traditional route. Now, the other thing this, that made me realise uh, with this training is the amazing value that I get from podcasts, that I get from audiobooks, and that I get from indie authors' courses. So let's just compare a couple of the courses that I've done and the costs. If you think that this traditional course cost £1,600 and there was no refund, uh, uh, I did get a refund, but officially there was no refund. Um I've done Mark Dawson's Facebook course. I think that was, was it $397? You know, £300, something like that. I've just bought Mark's Self-Publishing 101 course. What was that? 250 I think I got a discount because I, I was an existing user of the Facebook course. About £250. Uh, and Kindling is my favourite course. You won't have heard of Kindling or you won't easily find it unless you sort of ask me for a link to it. Um, Kindling is excellent. And uh, I joined that two years ago. I love that site. It's really, really good. It has a brilliant Facebook group. And that was $297. So what's about £150, something like that. Okay. Now each of those courses, not only are they great courses by people who are actually doing it, they're walking the walk, you know, talking the talk, but they have, each of those courses had at least a 30 day, 100% money back guarantee. And the value of the learning inside them was immense. Okay. Now, there was no refund on this other course. And I, I wrote to them and said, look, I have my own course. I put a 60-day money-back guarantee on my courses. That's how confident I am. And frankly, I don't want to take anybody's money who doesn't feel my courses you know, are, are worth it. That's how confident I am. If you don't like it, have your money back. All right? And I've been internet marketing for you know several years now. And we have never, ever, ever, ever denied a refund, ever. Right. If you want your money back, you get it straight away in, in, in everything I've ever done online. And that and we, and then we even know that people are keeping the training and downloading it. OK, but that's how you remove the risk in digital items. You make sure that you give refunds. And I give a 60 day. I think I pretty well always have given a 60 day money back refund. That makes you very exposed as a digital marketer. But who wants customers who don't absolutely love the product or value the product? So it's interesting that in the indie community, we get those kind of guarantees. In the trad community, they don't put those kind of guarantees on their training. So the lesson for me is, 
I'm getting the best training from the indie community, and much of it is free. The rest of it is at a considerable, considerably lower price than what I'm getting in the traditional industry. It's a fraction of the price. Plus, it's always underwritten by those guarantees, which you know are for real. Now, in a serendipitous way, you'll know that I also go to the Festival of Writing by the Writers' Workshop in York. And, and that is a brilliant event, by the way. Um, although it attracts traditionally, uh, you know, more people who are aspiring to be traditionally published, it is a brilliant event. And I really rate the Writers' Workshop. Now, they are doing high-quality courses for a very low price, you know, £200 for a course. Now, very, very luckily, after I'd cancelled this other course, Writers' Workshop have a brand new course out called How to Write. It's an online course, and they gave it to everybody who went to the Festival of Writing for free. We've got a whole course. I don't know what they're going to sell it at, 200 or £300, and they're going to let, they let me have it for free. So... That's going to, it has all the content in that this really expensive course had. So I'm absolutely over the moon at that. The course is just brilliant. There's loads of content in it. So, um, you know, all these things kind of come around. And, uh, and so I, I, that, I'm going to be doing that that uh, Writer's Workshop course that I got for free as a previous customer of the Festival of Writing. I'm going to be doing that January, February, March in the evenings and working through that. And as I say, that was the kind of basics training that the £1,600 course was going to give me. So it's all kind of come out in the wash, basically. But my learning point is value the amazing stuff that the indie community produces. I get so much value from the audiobooks, the podcasts, you know, the um, blogs that I get, Joanna Penn's blog, you know, Mark Dawson's podcast, uh, Selma Book Show, all of these wonderful resources that we have at our fingertips and it's made me value them you know even more what i would really like though and i think the reason that i did this course is i'm feel really desperate for a uk indie author mastermind group now you know i don't mean some kind of you know make your first million on kindle 24 hours tomorrow you know that kind of i don't want a hypey group i would love somebody like mark dawson or Joanna Penn, you know, frankly, there aren't very many people in the UK who've got the clout of the air miles to do it. But I would love somebody like Mark Dawson or Joanna Penn to run a mastermind group for sort of serious indie authors. And that might involve meeting in London once a month, something like that. And then, you know, sharing your indie author agonies and then having somebody, um, you know, in the group who can not only bring in high profile friends in indie, who are indie authors, but also have the kind of clout of the air miles to be able to deal with our issues, um, you know, on a one-to-one basis. So I think, you know, that's that's why I did the course. I'm just really after that kind of one-to-one uh, contact, mastermind contact, but there is no one in the UK that I'm aware of, you know, that, that is doing that in a way that I would get involved in. So, you know, really it's got to have to be a, in the UK, it's going to have to be a Mark Dawson or Joanna Penn, I think. So, if you have a hotline to either of those two uh, marketers, you know, start to be a little flea in their ear um, with that because I think it would be a great thing to do. Just to bring you up to date with what's been going on, um, I've tried and failed with Twitter lead cards again. Um, Tim Lewis on the Begin Self Publishing podcast, he did a really interesting episode this week. Do check it out. He's been doing some good experiments with Twitter. And you'll, again, if you listen to these diaries regularly, you'll know that um, I'm. 
a beta tester with Ian Sutherland with his Twitter tests. And, and, and you know, frankly, um, you know, I've been doing better with, with what Ian's doing um, as a beta tester. Um, and, and Tim came up with a very, very interesting podcast episode about how to use Twitter, kind of using the lead cards um, principles, but not, not doing it in that way. Um, so do check that episode out on Tim's podcast. And um, just to let you know, I mean, I've done two uh, boot camps with Ian Sutherland. Check the podcast feed if you haven't caught up with those, because Ian's doing some great things with me on uh, Twitter at the moment. And in the new year, when Ian winds up that beta test and has all the conclusions and the figures, I'll do another boot camp with Ian just to conclude that and to see where we are and what we learned. But, uh, you know, Twitter lead cards not really working for me too expensive it's just not working this is an observation that tim lewis had in the podcast um i can't find a big enough audience at a cost that's affordable frankly now i I thought actually that um, twitter is withdrawing the service anyway so you know probably they've reached the same conclusion and i got to tell you that you know facebook lead cards remain my favorite technique for uh, you know bringing in the leads at a reasonable price and that's as per mark dawson's uh, facebook course that's what i've been following um i was talking to somebody the other day trying to remember who it was who had done mark dawson's course but hadn't used the techniques for lead cards he was using it to sell books i think it's da- i think it was david penny and david's going to be appearing on the podcast uh, in the new year and, and david i'm sure it was david has had success actually um directly selling through facebook rather than taking them through the leads process so um, again, that made me think, hmm, maybe I ought to give that a try rather than just going for the leads. So Facebook remains my favorite technique, as does um, free booksy promotions and, and uh, book promotion sites. They, they give me the most action, and the ma- most uh, sort of bang for my buck. The final thing to mention of this podcast diary is um, something that's just, um, just making me think at the moment. It was something I used to do when I was uh, an internet marketer. They're called joint venture giveaways, JV giveaways. And um, when I was getting established in internet marketing many years ago now, I fell upon this as a technique for building my list. So my, it took me twenty took me a year to get a list of 25 people when I started internet marketing. I discovered these things called joint venture giveaways, which still go away in internet marketing online. And, and effectively, they're a two-step process. Um, you have people who have lists... Um, subscriber lists they put free products in this giveaway site and then the giveaway opens at a certain date and they promote the giveaway to their customers their list people come to the list they download all these books for free and it allows everybody to sort of share the lists of other marketers um, and give away free books which have affiliate links in all sorts of you know links to courses and things like that and um, they're list building events, effectively, and, and they're very effective. So I went from 25 to 1,000 to 5,000 in joint venture giveaways over a period of about, about a year. Well, it was less than a year. It must, might have been half a year, something like that. And they were very, very effective for me. And I've been thinking about this for a while, thinking, you know, what are we all trying to do as independent authors? We're all trying to grow our list. And I've been thinking about, would this technique work for self-published authors? It's slightly different for self-published authors because we're all writing in different genres, but there are a lot of us who are who are giving away or selling paid-for courses, um, you know, email mark, email courses, things like that, who would benefit from one of these joint venture giveaways. Now, um, these giveaways are set up using a particular piece of software, which I took out on a trial and installed the other day, and I've just been looking at it, thinking, right, can we make this work for the self-publishing industry? And 
um, I think it might do. I, I, what I need to do, you see, what I want, I don't want to set up something that frankly is being met by Insta Freebie. I notice that a lot of people now are doing Insta Freebie giveaways, which are effectively the same thing. They're, they're joining up in groups and then using Insta Freebie to give away, you know, to give away books and, and to build their mailing lists. So I probably need to take a look at Insta Freebie first, just to make sure that I'm not reinventing the wheel in a bad way, you know, coming up with a square wheel when actually Insta Freebie is doing it much better for authors. Um, but I, I am considering that. It's a, we work brilliantly as an internet marketer. And I'm not proposing to do it with genre books. I don't think it'll work with genre books. I think Insta Freebie is the way to do that. But I am thinking about doing it for uh, you know, people who run blogs, people who run, who, who, who put out educational material in the self-publishing space to drive, you know, to build our lists, um, to drive traffic to our courses and to our educational products. I think it would work extremely well there. So that's a kind of a pool bubbling under um, for 2017. It's just it's there, just thinking about it at the moment. In the next podcast diary, I'll kind of be looking at the highlights of 2016. Um, it's planning board time. If you listen to these diaries, you know that I do my planning boards. So I'll be, you know, scrubbing the 2016 October to December quarter four element on my planning board and moving over the quarter one January to March part of my planning board. And I'll put photos up on the, the notes pages so that you can take a look at those. But I just got to tell you, I feel so excited Um I was very tentative when I did the last podcast, Harry. I'm just so excited to be able to continue writing and producing at the rate that I was, um, you know, with the working arrangements I have for 2017. I still haven't sort of come down off my cloud from, from being amazed that, you know, I'm going to be allowed to do this um, and not have to work five days a week. So uh, I just feel so uh, excited and positive about 2017 because I had been coming up to the new year, thinking, right, that's me back to work five days a week. How much time am I going to have to do anything of my own? And I'm now going back into 2017 thinking, you know, fabulous. I've got, I've got paid work that I love, and I can continue to do the things that I want to do in my writing career. And, you know, really, I just couldn't have had it set up better than that. So it's just a brilliant way to end 2016 and to start 2017. So I'll be back with that kind of planning episode in a week from today, next week. I think that's actually New Year's Eve, isn't it? Let's have a look at my diary. Yep, I'll be back on New Year's Eve with that particular podcast diary. Um, I do have an episode, a brand new episode for you on Monday the 26th of December. That's Boxing Day, of course. Um, and that episode, Monday's episode, is going to be with crime writer, uh, who's based in Dundee, bases her books in Dundee, uh, Chris Longmuir had a great conversation with Chris. Uh, lots of laughs. Uh, Chris has got you know amazing stories. All, all the indie authors I talk to have amazing stories, but well worth listening to Chris hearing about her writing journey, the work that it took for her, you know, to get those books published, and the awards incidentally that she's also won along the way. So that's um, self-publishing journeys. Boxing Day, Monday, twenty sixth of December, with crime writer Chris Longmuir. If you celebrate Christmas, I do hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I'll be back with another podcast diary next week. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. 
Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.